Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Up here with some injury updates as Mike McDaniel met with the media on Tuesday following the loss. I think that's a it's a great point you make where if you're entering the week knowing that Liam Eikenberg's gonna play on play at center when you're going to Philly or something like that. I think that is such a big difference maker. And I'm interested to see if Mike McDaniel knowing that Tyreek is limited. And um, this is probably the most he's the, the most concerning injury he's had since he's gotten to Miami. Would you say, do you think that um, could be it? They've all been ankles. Haven't they? <laughs> oh gosh, man. Uh, you're right. You're right. I, I definitely don't want to turn this into a competition, but I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I kind of hope that maybe Mike McDaniel can learn from that and say, hey, maybe we should have a couple more. Just uh, let, let's get up there in line. The Tyreek motion is so important to what we do, but but understand, hey, we're not always going to have it. Yeah, and, and not even just Tyreek. Like McDaniel, I understand he's probably, you know, keeping guys back a little bit right now because he sees the playoffs on the horizon. He doesn't want, you know, to aggravate something right before the playoffs. But on the other hand, like we, you know, if these guys can play, I think we need to play them. Um, Like I'm speaking specifically here about Holland, like Holland needs to play next week. Uh, But yeah, for, for Tyreek, you know, if he's, if his ankle, like that ankle has been hurt a couple times now, it might be worth sitting him a game. Um, 
and, and, you know, putting together a less finesse game plan would be the best way to put it and, and kind of get back to some more fundamental type stuff and just executing. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'd even be cool with if they entered the week knowing, Tyreek, you're playing 40% of the plays and we're going to enter the week and kind of build the playbook around that where if you can't be 100%, I mean, I don't want to sound too dramatic. I mean, Tyreek means so much that he is such a huge part of the salary cap. He's paid as a top five, not only wide receiver, but as a top five player in the NFL. And I mean, that's not, I'm not trying to knock anyone else on the team, but you pay someone that much, you're going to get as much value as you can out of them. That's why McDaniel, every yeah. time he has to, he's saying, where's Tyreek? Where's Tyreek? Because, hey, man, you're making all this money, dude. We need you out there. Even if you're not going to be the guy involved in the play, your motion, just seeing you out there has such an impact. And McDaniel has done so much to squeeze the most out of that. So it'll be interesting to see how McDaniel kind of approaches that mindset moving forward. When you have a game against a team like the Jets, Great pass defense, but you know what you can do if you just limit the mistakes you make and overcome situations like that. But, dude, what was it like watching this first quarter? What was it? Second play, Jalen Waddles injured on a 16-yard reception. Fourth play, Raheem Mostert limps off on a four-yard reception. Sixth play, and this is absolutely awful, Connor Williams was injured on a Durham Smythe nine-yard reception. Mike McDaniel came out today and said it's a torn ACL and he's done for the year. So, I mean... God, man, this, this this game was brutal from the absolute start. There was no joy to be found anyway. And and before the waddle, too, we had uh, X go out for a little bit as well. I like the first play of the game. It was, oh, my God. Yeah, it was, in, it was like there was like I was I, I was in New Orleans for this game. So um, I was like, is this, you know, voodoo? Like, oh, my God, what's going on here? <laughs> it was. It was scary, man. I was like, are we going to lose our whole team here? <laughs> and it, it just continued to get worse. We've been kind of talking about it through us, throughout Tyreek Hill. He suffered an injury on a six-yard loss. It was a horse collar tackle that was not called. Oh. People have been using the term hip drop, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts about that because horse collar tackles, they're already a 15-yard penalty. We know what they can do to someone's body. I think there's a line somewhere and calling a tackle a hip drop when it's really like, Oh God, I I'm not strong enough to bring this person down. I'm going to use my entire body weight to drag them down. Uh, what are your mm. thoughts on that? Do you think that's something that should be, I mean, we've seen people get injured by it and I understand that it can cause injuries, but I think there's a line somewhere where, man, it's just really tough to kind of prevent injuries in football. So, I mean, I think both are true. I think it was a hip drop and a horse tackle, a horse collar. Yeah, for uh, sure. For sure it was both. You can hip drop by wrapping up around his waist. Like, uh, That's a good point. So the fact that they didn't call the penalty was disappointing. And then the other penalty where, to me, when Xavier was in coverage and he was like jumping to get the ball and then Hopkins basically like threw him to the ground as he was jumping in front of him. That should have been a penalty to it. Um, I, in almost every, uh, you know, game, try to say not put the refs decide of the game, and I don't feel they did in this game. I think we didn't play well enough to to win this game. Oh, yeah. But it, it was disappointing to see, um, especially on on a, a play where you know you have the refs have the time to see the player get hurt. That the player getting hurt slows down the next play, gives them time to see the, the replay. And like, 
what happened to this? There's the booth rep. Like, what's that guy doing? What's like, is he sleeping nachos. up there? Like, nachos. So <laughs> many nachos. 100%, 100% nachos. He He's the guy. He's the South Park meme. <laughs> it, it, it's that rep and the, the independent doctor who's supposed to be spec- or catching concussions. They're just studying records yeah. for eating nachos and hot dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much time uh, on the refs because I completely agree. The Dolphins played one of the worst games I've seen in some time. This looked like Joe Philbin type Dolphins football. Uh, but but defensive uh, delay a game? Are you kidding me? Where where Zach Sealer shuffled to the side and they called a penalty on that? Like I like oh, really? That, I forgot about what, what what did they say? He he, he shuffled too um too quickly. I want to say aggressively, <laughs> but I know it's not yeah, aggressively. Too... <laughs> uh, but that's it, so silly. I was even yeah. for the longest time back in my day, you could go off sides on defense. And as long as you got back before the ball was snapped, it wasn't a penalty. There was none of this like offensive lineman would like flinch and say, Oh no, you forced me to jump back in my day. It was as long as you got back on time. So, so to see yeah. something like that is absolutely uh, horrific because the job of the defense is to have that opportunity to kind of spook the opposing deep. Uh, opposing offense the one other thing about the refs that really bothered me and it just kind of showed like there was no control over the game the Devon Achan reception for what was it the three yard reception at the end of the game there where he was dancing along the sideline instead of just getting the first down the one rep the first he was tackled in bounds I could see it from my couch that he was tackled in Mm -hmm. bounds but the first rep, he comes in waving his arms time out time out he got out of bounds to pause the game the second that happens you shouldn't be able to change it. I don't care if it's yeah. right or if it's wrong. I don't think you should be able to change it because with less than a minute left, that guy's waving his arms. Mike Rabel's losing his absolute mind, which is funny as all hell because he's right. He was in bounds. But to, for the fact you can allow a second ref, three, four seconds, doesn't seem like a lot longer later, but to give him that much time to come in and just keep winding the clock when you have these offensive players understanding like, cool, we got out of bounds. We have a second. That's not right. That should not be allowed. Mm-hmm. That first call needs to stand in a situation like that. It's not a game-defining play unless it happens in a situation where you pause it, then some guy comes in, and then you have four offensive players who didn't see that call happen, and then the game's over. Right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And um, just on that note, we also did get away with uh, Cedric stepping. Not you know, we got a catch, oh, yeah. a highlight yeah. real catch from Cedric. That we got away with that one. Uh, that was not a catch. <laughs> that was very close. No, but you're right. That, that was that was smart of them to get up to the line. Uh, to kind of circle back here to the injuries, Tyree killed day-to-day. Uh, hopefully he's back. I mean, he just means so much for this team, and he opens up so much. So that is something to keep an eye on. Raheem Mostert finished the game with two touchdowns. Deshaun Elliott dealt with a rib injury and a concussion. Um, He is currently, as of this recording on Tuesday, still in concussion protocol. Uh, Javon Mm -hmm. Holland, he went on the radio Tuesday morning and said that he sprained both MCLs in that game against the Jets. Those safeties are going to be the two guys, I think, that are worth watching the most when you consider how discombobulated that secondary was late in the game on Monday Night Football. Um, Hopefully to have them both back. Concussion protocol is really tough. Hopefully, Elliot's getting healthy, but I'd expect him to miss a week just based on how uh, concussion protocol has gone for most players this year. So let, let me ask you a question. Are you ready to jump on the uh, the conspiracy theory that Brandon Jones is a Bills mole and he's taking out Dolphins players? God, I feel so <laughs> bad because 
because I've always tried to like, I, I've been always a, a Brandon Jones supporter and Vic Fangio had an interesting quote. He was asked about guys stepping up at all three levels, specifically Brandon Jones at safety um, and uh, Duke Riley coming in at linebacker for Joan Baker and then Emmanuel Agba stepping in at defensive end. And Vic Fangio isn't someone who will praise people. He'll honestly say that someone does a good job, but I don't think he really has been someone to go out of his way to say like, Hey, like this is, this is what's happening. Like I'm going to set the story straight. He made a point to point out Brandon Jones about, hey, Duke Riley, he's stepping in. He's done great. But we expected him to do that. He's been one of us all year. That's why he's a backup, because we know he can come in and do this. The same thing was true for Agba. But Brandon Jones, he made the point to say, this is someone who's been recovering from a brutal injury who was not involved in training camp. And his training camp's still happening as he's learning in these games. So for as how disappointing and how frustrating it is to see someone like Brandon Jones hurt Jerome Baker, to see how this stuff happens again with Brandon Jones, I just feel bad for him because I feel like the game's still going a little too fast. He's recovering from an injury. He's not used to being out there just yet where I think it's just full steam ahead. I got to be like the Jeremiah Bells, the Brandon Jones, and just start with my head and hope I tackle someone. Yeah, it's it's it, it's one hundred percent a couple of things. One, you're absolutely right. He's playing a bit wild at the moment, um, a bit a bit on the instinctual side as opposed to um, schematically instinctual. Uh, yeah. But then there's also the fact just that Brandon Jones, as a fit for the scheme, is a little bit of uh, it can work, but it's not it, it's not an ideal fit um, right. for him. And so he's not only learning um, on the job because of the training camp thing, he's also learning a scheme that isn't the best for him. And so he's kind of, I think, relying on a bit of just aggressive instinctual stuff going on. And it's kind of like the offensive line where it's, you know, especially this year, you see a Liam Eikenberg stepping at left guard. You see a Kendall Lamb, a Keon Smith play left tackle. And you're like, yeah, things actually don't look too bad. But it's once the injuries start to build up a little bit and you have backups having to work with other backups and answer their own questions. I think that's when issues start to arise. I mean, if it's Brandon Jones back there with like Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey and Cater Kohu, I think they can get away with a lot more. But once you have that second backup in there to Elijah Campbell, um, it, it's just so much easier to get kind of picked on about the stuff that you're just not necessarily ready for. One final thing, let, let, let's just kind of embrace the offensive line as a whole. I mentioned that Connor Williams will be out. Robert Hunt is considered week to week. Teron Armstead is considered day to day. So, Dustin, how are you feeling about this offensive line? And what does it say that you know that Teron Armstead is healthier than Robert Hunt? Um, Specifically, honestly, right guard has not been much of an issue. And, like, Robert Hunt getting hurt this year did more to what Robert Hunt's going to get paid or not get paid next year, I think, than anything else. Like, surprisingly, Eichenberg has been has been playing pretty well at, at right guard. Um, Lester Cotton, I felt, I thought, you know, stepped in yesterday and played pretty decently as well. Um, as far as like the injuries go, we need, you know, here's the question. Are we getting Teron Armstead back or are we getting Teron Armstead from the last two weeks back? Because they're different players. 
Um, he, the past two or three games that he was in, he does not look like himself, really. Um, and so the question for me would be that. is like, yeah, he might be day-to-day, but is that day-to-day to get back to what he looked like two to three weeks ago? Or is that day-to-day to get back to like what he looked like at the beginning of the season? And with that, too, uh, so just to kind of clarify, to say if he was to be day-to-day to be what he was two weeks ago, would you put Keon Smith or Kendall Lamb ahead of him in that race? If he's day to day to be that guy we saw like a guy against the Jets. So I thought Lamb, at least, you know, in pass blocking yesterday, played pretty good. Um mm-hmm. kind of meh in run blocking, but you know, whatever. Uh sometimes that happens. Um the the arms that I saw two weeks ago, three weeks ago, looked slow and was having a hard time getting to his, you know, setting the edge. And, and even like we set him to go to the second level a few times. And I'm just like, he is jogging out there. Like, I don't think we can, I don't think we can put him out there like that. You know, I would rather let him get more healthy for the playoffs. That, and, and, you know, I want real Armstead out there. I completely, uh, you mentioned with Holland that you're at the point where you, when do you push the panic button with this offensive line? Because I do think there's such a balancing act to be had here where if you put in Armstead and Robert Hunt, breaking news, the offensive line gets better. But you mentioned it, if Armstead can stay out a little longer and get much healthier, I think you can kind of walk a line of having a couple backups in. It's once you have four backups in is when you really start to panic here. So as you enter this final stretch of the season, where where do you feel your back would finally be against up, up against the wall with these linemen? So right now, obvious big concern is we're not going to get uh, uh, Connor Williams back. Right. Like that's going to suck. That's going to be a huge issue. And I'm not convinced that Eichenberg will be at center what we want. I think depth wise, we probably still should have had, like, I think he found a home at right guard. Um, mm-hmm. Or backup right guard, let's say. Uh, center is a huge concern for me going forward. To me, it almost doesn't, like, this is going to sound weird, but it almost doesn't matter what the edges are doing because the center is messed up at the moment. Um, like, so like this year, the Dolphins' offensive line has been getting a lot of praise, but as we mentioned earlier in the season, a lot of that is due to, you know, how fast things are and, and right. the ability to navigate the pocket and things like that. Well, when your center is not uh, creating that space for the pocket, it's going to be harder. Those out, those edge guys are going to look worse. Their, their, their sack numbers are going to go up. Their pressure numbers are going to go up. And I think we're going to see that. I think we saw it a bit with Jackson's numbers last night. He, I mean, Jackson was also getting bullied all night long, but uh, like he was on ice skates a lot, a lot. Um, I hope that doesn't continue, but even if it doesn't continue, if the center is getting pushed back, Jackson's just going to lose more. He's going to give more pressures no matter what. That's why so I that's, still, that, I, that's kind of, 
I couldn't believe they wouldn't move the pocket just to kind of give two a little more time. I mean, that 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 to me, it just I, it, it makes total. They move sense. the pocket all the time too, which is insane. Like, like watching watching breakdowns from like Drew Brees and watching breakdowns from like JP O'Sullivan. Like all the time, I'm seeing, and, and even on the all twenty two stuff that I've watched, like you see, um, like Tua does a ton of unique dropbacks where he's maybe at like 20 degree angles or you know he's moving that point of attack and we didn't see that a lot last night and i think part of it was because of how you know ice skatey our offensive line looked but you know we should have probably tried <laughs> <laughs>